and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. And ever, I'm joined by Scott McDermott, the chief sports writer of the Sunday Mail. Today we're going to be casting an eye back over the season so far. There isn't a plethora of topics to discuss about Rangers today for a change, given that we are slap bang in the middle of International Week. Um, but before we get started uh, into our sort of retrospective podcast, looking back on what we've seen from Rangers this year, um, there's the news that Stephen Davis, Scott, has dropped out of the Northern Ireland match uh, upcoming uh, in, the, in the in the coming days. Uh, he's headed back home with uh, personal issues. Um, is that going to be a, a, a situation where um, Rangers will, will get a player who's had a bit more rest in terms of um, the international break? Well, they will, Johnny, assuming uh, that Stephen Davis is available for the for the weekend. Obviously, we don't know the specific reasons uh, why he's he's going back home. But listen, I mean, if it's if it's family issues that he that he has to deal with, I'm sure Rangers as a club will give him all the time he needs to to do that. So um, the fact that he has gone home early for the Northern Ireland squad, I suppose. Can I cast doubt as to whether uh, whether he'll be available come Sunday? But certainly Rangers will be Rangers will be hoping that he is. Yeah, and he's always been somebody that's been so keen to play for his country. Yeah. Um, so you just hope that whatever the the personal situation is, that it's uh, it's not something that can't be quickly resolved. Right. Um, we're going to move on then, Scott. Obviously, we've got a, a really really interesting game uh, coming up on Saturday uh, when Rangers welcome Aberdeen to Ibrox now. I've been quite impressed by the way Derek McInnes' men have set up this season so far. I don't know what you make of them. They've certainly got an energetic, aggressive midfield uh, when you look at Ross McCrory and Lewis Ferguson there. But of course, McCrory won't be playing on Saturday and that's a big boost, isn't it? It is. A big loss for Aberdeen. The fact that McCrory uh, is obviously eligible as part part of the loan deal and you have to look at that deal and and wonder you know, did Rangers deliberately put this this one year loan in? I mean he's obviously signed a four year contract with Aberdeen um, the first of which is obviously this season long loan um, but I just wonder whether Rangers have just tried to you know, cover everything here with, with loan players going out um, and this season of all seasons they didn't want players coming back to bite them. Um, I think they've did the same with Jamie Murphy at Hibs. Um, and you're right, I think it's a, it is a bonus for Rangers that McCrory isn't playing for Aberdeen because he's been one of their best players so far this season. Um, but it's going to be a tough game for Rangers. You're right, Aberdeen have been impressive for the the majority of the campaign so far. Um, I think it's a different, different looking Aberdeen team. Uh, this year to the ones that we normally associate with Derek McInnes. I think he said that himself. You touched on it, he's got more energy, um, certainly more forward thinking. The system, the formation's changed. You know, they can really get at you with the, with the players that they've got. So, we're really interested just to see how Aberdeen approach the game. I mean, we know how Rangers will approach it, as they do for most of the games at Ibrox. Rangers won't won't change but it'll be interesting to see what Aberdeen do if they come and have a go at Rangers which no, you would you would think that they might given the, the players they've got at their disposal um, 
A, it should be a cracking game, but B, it might just play into Rangers' hands. I mean, Dundee United tried to do something similar earlier on the season that Ibrooks and, and get hammered and they'll try to press Rangers high and go after them. So if Aberdeen decide to do the same, um, it might just be playing into, playing into Rangers' hands. I mean, I think most of Aberdeen's success against Rangers in Glasgow has been when they've came and made it really difficult for Rangers. You no know, sat deep, defended deep, you know, made themselves difficult to break down. But as I say, that's not really the way they've been they've been playing in most of their games this uh, this season. So going to be really interesting. Aberdeen have got a great... I've looked at the record, John. I mean, Derek McInnes has had six, six games in Glasgow against Steven Gerrard's Rangers. Won three of them, drawn one, yeah. and, lost, and lost two. So... I mean, his record's pretty decent. It's going to be a, going to be a test for Rangers. It's interesting, Scott, because I've been really impressed by Scott Wright and Ryan Hedges. Yeah. Not only their individual quality, but the way they link up. They're both really, really easy on the eye, both quite quick, both good on the ball. You know, the kind of players I probably spend a lot of time on this podcast waxing lyrical about, because you know that uh, having grown up in the sort of advocate era, I have a sort of tendency towards that kind of uh, elegant uh, yeah. forward player. But but these are two that show a, a real level of quality that maybe Aberdeen haven't had. So it might be a bit of a, a rude awaiting for some Rangers fans who maybe haven't seen them this season yeah. or, or only saw them in that first game of the season because they really have changed quite significantly since then. But as you say, it's all dependent, isn't it, on what type of performance Derek McInnes is looking for for his team because he's a manager that's more than capable of reverting to a more aggressive style if he feels that's what the game requires. Yeah. So that that's going to be really interesting. As, listen, I, th- I think the weakest part of Aberdeen's team now is is at the back, no, at centre back. Um, Taylor and Hoban, no, don't really do it for me. I know Andy Considine's done well this season against the Scotland squad, but losing Scott McKenna was obviously a big blow. Um, so, I mean, like, listen, I'm not saying they're bad players, but I just think when you look at Aberdeen's team as a whole. All their strength to me is going forward. As you say, Hedges and Wright have been a revelation this season. Um, they've got Cosgrove back, who looks sharp. Even the last game against Hibs, no, gets one chance, buries it. Um, yeah, they've got good options there with Watkins and Edmondson as well. That's not even counting the, you know, the players that play out wide. Matty Kennedy, Johnny Hayes, people like that. So, I mean, some that now I'm again struggling to get into the, the team. Um so they are very attack minded now and it's great no great to watch. The games I've seen have been really good to watch. Um so if if they go to Ibrooks and just decide to go for it, no, and play to their strengths, it should make for a, a cracking game. Um but you're right about hedges and right. I mean the, the two of them no last season Johnny Wright was out with a cruciate hedges didn't really perform the way Aberdeen had hoped after they got him in from, from Barnsley. Um, but they've come back this season. Derek McInnes says Hedges is like a different player. Bigger, stronger, fitter. Uh, post-lockdown, obviously went away and worked on his, you know, his game and his physique. And I think you can see a massive difference. And Scott Wright is a player who I've always liked. I used to see him playing for Scotland under-19s, under-21s. Always very pleasing on the eye. Really good technically. Always felt as if he would, you know, he could have a good career in the game, and it, it threatened to tail off a wee bit. You know, he had a loan, I think he had a loan spell at Dundee and picked up niggles, and didn't look as if it was happening. But this is the best he's been again. He's come back for injury this season, fresh, focused, um, and really on form so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um... 
in, in terms of Rangers, because we've talked about Aberdeen quite a bit, uh, we come back off the international break and the game before we went off was obviously an 8-0 win, uh, a phenomenal performance, uh, really, really relentless. And I think Stephen Gerrard was, was delighted as well. In terms of... Um, one of the key issues for this game, Scott, I suppose it's going to be the midfield and the makeup of that midfield. Um, you've got Bongani Zungu, who yep. played 45 minutes and, and looked really impressive, although it was the kind of game that it was always going to be yeah. easy for him to, to make an impression. Um, do you think he's now someone, especially given he's had some international minutes under his belt, having gone away and played for South Africa, that can come back in and, and will be considered a key player. My concern about it, Scott, as impressive as he looked against Hamilton, and he's clearly a player with a, a wide range of passing and, and things like that, I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to the Rangers' style of play in terms of what's going to be expected in terms of defensively tucking in for the fullbacks, things like that. And 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 that might be the kind of thing that, that would worry Steven Gerrard before playing against an Aberdeen team that, let's be honest, they're the third best side in Scotland. Yeah, I agree with you, Johnny. I mean, on Zungu, no, he did look pretty impressive when he came on against Hamilton, but I think I would have looked pretty impressive coming on in that game uh, at half-time, spraying, spraying passes about. So I wouldn't read too much in that. He's obviously went away and did well for South Africa uh, in the week. He's clearly just building himself back up again in terms of fitness and, and form. I think it's going to take a while um, for him to really get up to speed and, as you say, really take in you know, what the manager wants from him at Rangers, uh, the system, how they're going to play. I certainly don't expect him to start on Sunday. Um, there's every chance he'll be in the, he'll be in the bench again. Um, but you're right, you know, Aberdeen is a proper test for Rangers it'll be certainly totally different to the Hamilton game last time out um, and I think Gerard, no injuries permitting will re- revert back to the kind of tried and tested no arguably strongest lineup. I know they've got Benfica uh, Benfica Ibrox on the Thursday night but I think you'll know the importance uh, of this game on Sunday and it might be even more important depending on what happens at Easter Road on Saturday afternoon, um, if Celtic were to drop more points. So I, I expect him to go back to pretty much his strongest team. You know, you can pick four out of the five at the back in terms of the keeper and defence. Balligan over Hollanders, maybe a toss-up with the European game in mind. I think Morelos starts up front, probably with Kent uh, and Aribo um, at either side. And then in midfield, I think certainly he would want, uh, if we rule out Davis just because of the circumstances at the moment, he'd probably be looking at Jack, Kamara, Arfield, I would think, um, in the middle of the park. So I think he'll try and get the strongest team possible, um, irrespective of the fact that they they play in midweek. Yeah. What do you you think he'll do in midfield? Yeah, actually, for, for the first time in quite a long time, I, I'm not really that sure. Um, obviously, I, I think Stephen Gerrard, over his time as a manager, um, has shown that he has a um, a conservative streak at times. So I, I don't think he... And I think that's actually good for a Rangers manager. I don't think he would be tempted to go for the gamble and throw in a player who, who maybe isn't fully integrated into the system. I think what we can say is if, if Zungu plays, he's clearly going to be a key player. Yeah. Um, so it'll tell us a lot if he is playing. 
Yeah, um, but I, I wouldn't expect them to. I, I think I think they'll go with. Um, well, obviously, it depends on what the situation with Stephen Stephen Davis is. Yeah. Um, but I would expect everyone being available, he would probably go Davis, Kamara, Arfield. Yeah. Um, but no Ryan, no Jack. I know it's it's it feels just shows weird. you that's the competition they've got now. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I just think um, if you're talking about a Jack versus Kamara situation, and it's not really fair to do that because actually it tends to be Davis that plays on the right, isn't yeah. it? And Jack yeah. always plays on the right, so it's probably more likely da- Jack or Davis. I just think um, Stephen Davis uh, against an Aberdeen team that that um, we know can sit in deep and defend well, hit you on the break. He just gives you that that little bit more in terms of going forward. Yeah, and it depends. Um, it's, hard, it's hard for us, you know, players coming off international duty. You don't know what kind of condition they're in, how far they've travelled. I mean, like we're saying, Morelos, Morelos would always be a starter, but, he, but he's been away. Uh, say always be a starter. He'd probably be your first pick in big games at centre forward, but he's obviously been away with Colombia. You know, somebody that came our roof has spent the whole time here. No, hasn't he been away? Should be fat, fresh, ready to go. So, I mean, does he, does he look at the internationals and think, right, well, no, I can leave Morelos out here because I've got Ruth, no, ready, ready and willing. So, it's hard to know with players coming back in after, especially after these kind of longer international breaks that we're getting where they're playing two and three games at a time. So, um, but I think all being well, he would still, he'd still want to go with Morelos up top. Yeah, I, th- I think in this kind of game, Morelos is always going to be your your main man. He's been showing signs of coming back into some real form. I thought actually, you know, he was he was terrific uh, in in the European game, and was I was a little bit unlucky not to go into the Hamilton game to be honest, because you've got a guy that's sort of looks like he's firing up and he's getting back to his yeah. best. It would have been the perfect game to throw him in, but at the same time. Kima Roof, I thought, had his best game for Rangers against yeah. Allen. I thought it was absolutely terrific. Um, one thing about he's sharper. Yeah, and one thing about Roof is that he's obviously a different player, and we've been discussing this for a while on the podcast about what he can potentially bring. But he's got a wonderful touch. He showed that several times at Hamilton, just his ability to take the ball, pluck it out of the air, and yeah. control it with one touch. Um, I think technically he's a, he's, a, he's a significantly better option than Alfredo Morelos. But he's not got that same bull in a china shop um, yeah. quality that we know when he's absolutely at his best. Morelos is a real, real top player. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how those two are used over the course of the rest of the season because clearly yeah. it's going to be horses for courses and there will be times, I think, when they both play uh, yeah. and there'll be times when one of them plays depending on whether or not Steven Gerrard feels that he can, they can that, that whichever one of those two is available can get the most out of whatever defence they're up against. It's going, to be, it's going to be fascinating. But Scott, let's, let's uh, move away from the sort of preview of the Aberdeen game and just talk about where Rangers stand at this point in time. You've got Celtic, you know, across the city have won uh, nine titles in a row and uh, certainly on course to win a quadruple treble if they beat Hearts in the Scottish Cup final, which they're overwhelming favourites to do. But there's something of a, a sense of... Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say crisis. I think that would be massively overblown. But given they are nine points behind, yes, they've got two games in hand. I think there is a level of um, sort of unease, uh, displeasure, disquiet amongst yeah. Celtics, some Celtic supporters anyway. 
Um, whereas uh, over the other side of the Clyde, things seem to be going particularly well and there seems to be a lot of positivity that's surrounding the club. And, and you would expect that given Rangers haven't lost a game so far this season and have only uh, conceded three goals in, in, in Scottish football matches. Uh, yeah. That tells you everything you need to know. Plus, uh, how, how do you assess it at this point? Well, Johnny, there's no getting away from the fact that there is a real... No, there is a sense that this could be Rangers' season. I mean, I don't think there's any point in denying that's the best. Best have been placed. You no, know, best uh, they've looked. Um, just everything about the place um, in terms of the whole club, especially obviously the way the first team are are performing. Um, no, they've been brilliant so far this season. Um, you said that I mean, only conceded three goals, not yet to concede a goal at home. Uh, I think seven seven home games. I mean, the, the defensive record's astonishing, even better than I think Stephen Gerrard would have, would have, could have hoped for at the start of the, the season. Um, and you're right, looking across at Celtic, no, I would still never write them off. I've said that before uh, on here, even with a couple of, couple of bad results there. Um, but again, there's no getting away from the fact as you say, there does seem a bit of disquiet. They don't seem to be firing no question marks over a few players, whether they, they really want to be here. They're, they're no, no, Neil Lennon hasn't settled on a shape or a system as yet that, that has ran like clockwork and you, you knew what you were getting every every game. There's been a lot of chopping and changing of players. That's the opposite at Rangers. No, as much as we're saying they've got competition for places and it's difficult... No, to pick three midfielders, for example, with all the all the options they've got. The thing with Rangers is, you know the system they're going to play, you know the style they're going to play, um, and I think this has been touched on before. No, we've probably spoke about it, but the no fans in stadiums, I think and it's quite no, maybe quite controversial, but I, I do think it has helped Rangers players. I think it has allowed them to really zone in and focus in on how they play the system sticking to it sticking to a certain style um, no, without that atmosphere without the emotion without fans getting on their back or, or whatever you want to, want to call it I do think it's helped they're just in such a good rhythm um, that they look difficult to stop I mean it's difficult to see where Rangers are going to start losing games I don't, I don't doubt there will be some kind of blip no, in this season because they, they cannot go on like this for the rest of the, the campaign but they certainly look very well set up um, in terms of the squad in terms of how they're playing in terms of the mentality dare I say it um, so for, for Rangers fans it is really really promising for them they won't want to get carried away just yet because it is early and as you say it is only still three points if Celtic can win those games in hand but it's looking very good for them at the moment yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, th- th- we saw in terms of the summer recruitment, a number of players come in. And I suppose what's in a way slightly surprising is that if Stephen Gerrard was to put out his best 11, how, how many of those players would actually be involved? I know, it's the same. For certain. Yeah. It's the same, uh, same players. Yeah, and you would say that it was a very successful summer based on what we've seen so far because all the players that have come in, perhaps with the exception of Cedric Hitton, but we've not seen a lot of him, um, have looked the part. But if we're talking about the number one pick, 11, 
as you say, it's the same players, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but but it's you're right. But it's about strength and depth, Johnny, and it's allowed the manager, you know, to make changes when he felt it was necessary. And the standard hasn't really hasn't really slipped, and I think that's that's crucial. I don't think you could say that in the last couple of, couple of years. I mean, just just off the top of my head, I'm just thinking just now. When you think of the, the situation he was left in at Hamden against Aberdeen for the League Cup semi-final when Morelos was suspended and I think Lafferty was ineligible, that was all he had and he had to go with Sadiq and obviously it backfired. Um, they haven't had this level of strength and depth in their squad um, for many a year and although you're, you're right, if you were to pick the first 11, probably would be the same players that have been there over the course for the last two or three years um, and longer. But the difference is now, if you take, we're talking about taking Morelos out and you put Kmar Roof in, no, you take Stephen Davis out, you're putting Ryan Jack in, um, even taking the, the, the left-back Barisic out, no, Calvin Bassey, a guy that we didn't really know about, still a young boy, He's come in and looked excellent whenever he's, you know, as much as Barisic is also a better player, more experienced. I mean, Bassi has actually given them something um, and, and been, you know, really made an impact in the games that he's come in. So I think that's the difference, you know, having that real strength and depth. There's no guys there now who are just, you know, seem like bit part players who maybe come in for a game and then they're out for four or five and, no, don't really have any influence on it. I think every player in that squad now is, is playing their part. I mean, even take somebody like Hadji, who we raved about when he came in, and I still think he'll be a key player for Rangers uh, for the next few years, in fact. But he's not guaranteed a game either. Um, and when he came in in loan last season, you would have thought, well, he'll come in and be an absolute stick-on starter. That That's not the case anymore because of the, because of the strength they've got in those positions. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly true. I mean, um, the, you look at that uh, defence, Scott, and in terms of the, the the lack of goals they've they've conceded, I suppose that's the thing that that strikes me more than anything else is they go through games without really looking like they're going to concede at all. Yeah. Really, I mean, I you you think back over the the season so far, and even in the big games. There's not been a, a plethora of great saves by Alan McGregor or, or John McLaughlin holding holding a team at bay. I mean, they've had the odd good moment, and McGregor, I think, especially in uh, the Willem Tway game, was 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 superb. But yeah. apart from that, it's not many teams that have actually been able to cause Rangers any no. kind of problem at all. That that's why the the end of the Benfica game was so surprising. No, when Benfica mm. got in and obviously Hollander had a poor game, uh, and you can count them in one hand uh, since he came to Rangers, he's been terrific for them. Uh, so that was a surprise. You know the way the Benfica game transpired. But listen, you're talking about a top European team. You're up against Rangers like their guard slip towards the end of that game. It hasn't happened too often, um, but it was maybe just a wee. A wee reminder, a wee wake-up call. Um, no, that they will be tested at times this season, especially against the, uh, especially against top teams. Um, but you're right. I think, I think the way they started the season, in terms of getting clean sheets and being so solid and so well drilled, and obviously racking up uh, victories. I think that just you no know, bred confidence in terms of the defenders. 
what they had in front of them, uh, whoever the midfield sitter was, they just never really looked like conceding many chances. And when you, you know, when you marry that up with how they've been playing going forward, and particularly the two the two fullbacks, you have to say, um, no, they've been they've been excellent. Um, and as I said at the start, Gerard would have hoped, you no, know, to get off to this kind of start in the season. But if you'd have said to him, no. Well, with 12, 13 games in, you'll only have conceded three goals. I mean, it would have absolutely bitten your hand off for that. Yeah, it's it's been it's been quite remarkable how it's come together. In in terms of um, the 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 rest of the season, Scott, I, I suppose it's just a case of Rangers need to continue what they've done so far. It's that relentless intensity that they keep they need to keep up, and and, and it's yeah. a case of really. You're doing exactly what we want you to do in terms of the management team. You just have to keep it going. Um, but, but listen, I suppose the thing that would be holding back uh, many observers from getting too excited would be the situation that they went through last year. They were absolutely terrific up until the Christmas break when they, they beat Celtic and and then it just fell apart spectacularly. Yeah. But am I right in saying, Scott, there does even feel a difference year on year? That might not reflect in, in goals scored, or it, it might not reflect in terms of points racked up, because I think Rangers are only one point better off. But it's just watching the games, there is a, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no sense of danger in these games no, almost all of the time. It does feel different. I mean, the, the proof will be in the pudding, Johnny. They, they need to go and do it. It's still, no, we are only 13 games in. And you're right, no, the, the title challenge did fall off a cliff after the new year um, last season. But even that, when I think back, no, when they came back from the new year, I mean, Morelos was was bang off for him. Um, no, if you remember, the, no, he didn't play at Hearts because he was late coming back uh, for Colombia. Rangers were short of players. I think they started another game uh, at Tynecastle with, with Greg Stewart up front. No, it didn't quite work. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any of that kind of no that kind of panic, that worry. No, if MDs, if a player's out, or a couple of players are out, they've got guys no just as capable to come in, and that goes back to obviously the squad, the squad strength. Um, but you're right; they just need to keep doing doing what they're doing. I mean, there's been a couple of. No, the only blots obviously have been the draws away from home at Livy and Hibs. Um, but I think we spoke after the, the recent Kilmarnock game away from home. I felt as if they'd learned for that Kelly game. They played far more direct. They they mixed it up. No, they changed the no changed their kind of style on that day because they knew what they had to do to get three points. That's an encouraging sign as well. That if it no if it gets to the point where they need to, they need to do something different, then they can do it. Um, they just look like a really well-oiled machine, taking every game at a time, taking every game in isolation. Um, but ultimately, it goes back to it goes back to winning trophies. How many times have we said that? Um, no, Stephen Gerrard knows better than anybody. They must win silverware uh, this season, and obviously the main one will be the will be the league. Um, and just going into the the kind of new year. I mean, you have to say, Johnny, I know it's, it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but maybe more so than ever, the next old firm game, I think, is going to have so much riding on it. I mean, if Rangers were to get into that game on January the 2nd, no, still nine points clear, even with Celtic having their, their two games in hand, 
well, to go to go twelve clear and beat Celtic for a second time in the in the season psychologically, you know, beat them at Ibrox, you would obviously expect Rangers to go and win at Ibrox. If they could get to January the third, you no know, twelve points clear, I think they would take some catching in this in this title race. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I su- but I suppose for most Rangers fans, Scott, um, and I think for for even neutrals, given what's going on in the last few years, there'll just never be that um, there'll never be that sense of uh, absolute confidence. Will there be? Because there's, yeah. there's always a sense that Celtic, for for all the flaws that we've seen from them this season. Yeah, they, they have that winner's mentality about them yeah. that they're going to come back and, and hit back at some stage. And I suppose then, um, assuming that it does happen, and of course it might not, Rangers might go on to just continue to slaughter this league. But if it does turn slightly, if Rangers do go through a rocky patch, if Celtic do come back, um, I suppose then it's about Rangers learning from what they've gone through in the past and showing that they've got the mentality to step up when the ships are down. And, and certainly it looks like players like James Tavernier and people like that are determined to stop that happening once again. Yeah, well, Ger- Stephen Gerrard keeps saying that in his press conferences. He, he believes that they have that they have learned for last season and what happened after the winter break. You know, we'll never quite be able to put our finger on, on what went wrong exactly. I think there's probably a lot of contributing factors, but everything that comes out of the club for the manager and the players points to the fact that they have learnt for that and they just won't allow it to they won't allow it to happen again. Uh, and again they've got to go and prove that. No there's no point talking about it. Um no they need to go and prove to people that, that they can handle it. You're right, Celtic no probably won't go away, even if it is no nine, twelve points, they'll still win the majority of games in the Scottish Premiership. So and listen after nine years uh dominance for Celtic in terms of the league you know, Rangers are always going to think like that that it's never done um, because that's just what happens when you're, you know, when you're on a losing streak like that and you've not won a trophy in so long um, and that's what Steven Gerrard's got to change and I think the first I think the first trophy when it comes will be you know, will be so crucial to this to this team this squad uh, this manager just in terms of belief Um and if they could go and do that in the League Cup, um, obviously they play Falkirk next Saturday to get into the quarters. Well, if they could go and win the first trophy of the season, uh, again, like I'm saying with the old firm game uh, in January, it would be a it would be a massive psychological step for them. I feel as if we've been saying that now for a, a few years, but they're obviously in a really good position to do it. If they could go and carry that out, get a trophy under their belt, no, you can really just see them uh, see them kick on for there and, and go and achieve more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out, but we will obviously keep a very, very close eye on it as that happens. Um, just a wee word, Scott, before we end. I know there'll be a lot of Rangers fans who are still interested in, in, in Scotland. How, how did you enjoy that, uh, that moment? It was quite something. I was 16 when uh, Scotland last qualified for the 1998 World Cup. So it, yeah. it's never happened before in my adult life. So it was, it was almost quite an emotional moment. Uh, how, how did you find it? Brilliant. The exact same, John. I'm a huge Scotland fan. Um, no, I don't care what anybody says. For, for me, no, seeing Scotland win is, is brilliant. And we've been starved of it for so long in terms of getting to major tournaments like you. Used to go to you know, the majority of Scotland games as a kid. Uh, 
know, I went to Italia 90 when I was 10 years old. My parents took me to Italy for the World Cup. I was there for the the infamous Costa Rica defeat uh, oh, in geez. Genoa. Um, I know I should, that should have put me off for life. Um, <laughs> but, no, some great times. I remember being at Hamden for the Norway game that got us to Italia 90 when McCoy scored uh, the lob over Eric Tosfet in goal. Uh, I remember being at Hamden for the France game, I think. 89, Morris Johnson scored two and it was team in a rain at Hamden, a 2 win, beating France. I mean, then, no, that was a, obviously a big result at the time. So, no, honestly, I was absolutely delighted. Delighted for the players. You, know, you, get, to, you get to deal with these players fairly regularly, obviously, in this job. Um, no, you get to know some of them quite well and just really pleased for guys that... Uh, no, guys like John McGinn and Ryan Christie, you know, really good guys. That's just two off the, off the top of my head. So, no, it was brilliant. I was cheering as loudly as anyone uh, last Thursday. And listen, just for Scotland to be in a major tournament, I think you're talking about you know, being 16 or whatever. There is a generation of people who have never experienced it, never felt it, you know, never seen Scotland at a, at a major tournament. Honestly, I mean, it's just, you know yourself, what, what a brilliant feeling getting into a summer tournament knowing that, that Scotland are going to p- be part of it. Um, so, listen, it's, I can't wait, can't wait for the for the summer uh, and getting two games at Hamden. I know people no, want to go to a tournament, maybe want to travel. It's, it's a great experience going to a different country, but two games at Hamden against the Czechs and Croatia, what a, what a chance they've got, as well as the big one, obviously, at, at Wembley against England. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, the game on uh, Thursday night and uh, can look forward to these massive games that are going to come in the summer. Uh, Right, okay, Scott, we're going to call it a day there. We'll be back next week with more analysis. We've got some Rangers games to chew over by that point, so it'll be interesting to look back on what happened at the weekend's action against Aberdeen and we'll have all the analysis of that on the podcast next week so um, if you want to continue the debate or to discuss anything that we've uh, touched upon today on the podcast you can get me on at Johnny R McFarlane on Twitter and Scott is at Scott McDermott 8 if you like the podcast and we know many thousands of you do go on to iTunes and give us a five star review as this helps us get the pod to as many listeners as possible until next time thanks for listening